This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like on-again, off-again relationships. Boom. Learning to rebuild. Boom. And talking about (laughs) the future. Boom. I thought I'd try something new today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really intense. (laughs) Uh, But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah, we just don't know what we're talking about. And all of these episodes are relatively 99% freestyle, if not 99.9%. <laughs> yeah, mostly. And that means we are not just speaking out of our mouths, but we're also speaking out of our asses. <laughs> Oh, you? Gonna... <laughs> no, I was just like, "Oh, is she gonna say asses?" Okay, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We do not know what we're talking about. We are just doing the best we can. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. One day I'm gonna be like, "That is." Butt sex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And just, you know, like, spice. See, today I'm all about new things, right? That's right. You were expecting one thing from me, and I was like, bam, boom, pow. I'm like an old-timey Batman movie. You are. (laughs) You're the Joker, for sure. Hey, no, 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 no. I'm obviously Batman, and you're Robin. Um, You're my little adopted son, cousin friend. (laughs) No. Do you want to hear a really funny, tiny... Batman story, considering mm-hmm. you and I never talked about what our check-in topic is going to be today. Yeah. I was like, I hope she thought about it. <laughs> Funny Batman story. So one time me and uh, my ex and my sister paid $35 each to go to a uh, live action Batman and Robin show at a big stadium mm-hmm. in downtown St. Paul, where they had like, it was like a crazy light show with Cirque du Soleil style dancers and... Um, crazy special effects and whatever. It was like a weird Batman circus in a huge stadium. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. And we were stone sober, let me tell you. <laughs> and we're like up in the far, in like the nosebleed seats. And there is a section of like the stage comes out onto the stadium floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a section of chairs around the stadium, or around the stage for like the very expensive rich kids. Right. Um, and apparently a few very enthusiastic adults, because at the very end of the story, the story was like how Batman and Robin got together. Mm-hmm. And so the very end of the story, Batman was like, like, 
all right, Robin, uh, you know, maybe we could be a team. <laughs> and Robin's like, yeah. And he's like, we could be Batman and Robin. You know, like one of those very climactic uh-huh. moments where they say the fucking name of the show. Right. And then I swear to goodness, there was an adult man in the in in one of the early front rows on the stage floor mm-hmm. that just goes at the line. We could be Batman and Robin. He just goes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> like so loud and so enthusiastic <laughs> that me and my ex and my sister for like a year after we were like, yes, yeah, <laughs> like just like if you could throw your entire two hundred pound grown male body yeah. into a yes. That's amazing. (laughs) I love his enthusiasm. It was really good. When I saw Jurassic World, that's the first one. That's the remake with Chris Pratt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, It was like, I think it was the weekend it came out because Peter really wanted to see it. I'm obsessed with Jurassic Park. Right. I know you are. (laughs) I I can't wait to tell you what I'm about to tell you when you're done with the story. I'm already excited. Uh, But it was so crowded. So I had to sit next to these like 13 year old boys. Uh And I was like, youth. I hate them. They're going to be obnoxious through the whole movie. Uh, but it was actually abs- actually the most affirming thing ever because anytime like a T-Rex would show up, the kid would like fist pump and be like, <gasps> that was me. It was me. I was dressed up in a little boy costume. <laughs> I was like, I love that you are so into this. I, I don't understand. They're it. just so like, nostalgic and so fun. And even the new ones, like the Jurassic World Something, something, something. Yeah. The one that last just came out last summer. Right. I went to see it, and I'm not going to lie. I'm sure it got bad reviews, and I'm sure there's people out there that are like, oh, what about a good Woody Allen movie or whatever? <laughs> I know. Those are all those film <laughs> people. He's a predator. I know. He's canceled. But, like, it's just so nostalgic and fun for me, and the fantasy of, like, dinosaurs and humans is just so magical for me. And the first movie was so good that I watched that last movie on the edge of my seat leaning forward. Like, I was the biggest nerd. I just was so excited. It makes me feel like a kid again. Um, and you know I have a big old boner for Jeff Goldblum. Bloom. Jeff yes. Goldblum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was he in that one? Yes, he was. Oh. Okay. He wasn't in the first Pratt one. Right. No, I didn't see him. Anyway, oh my God, this is our second topic is Jurassic Park or live action (laughs) things because guess what's coming out? Live action stadium tour, Jurassic Park World. Okay. Live. Okay. If this podcast is free for you guys to listen to, but not free for us to make. So if you want to reward (laughs) us, you can buy us tickets to see this Jurassic World live. Um, Yeah, you can certainly buy Sierra a ticket to see that. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. Y'all, I am. <clears throat> I think I'm just I'm going like... to take a break from Sam. <laughs> y'all, so when we're this entire episode, we're just not going to make eye contact. And uh-huh. so when you hear us talking back and forth, I'm facing the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you petty little bitch. No, I was talking to my boss about this recently about like the Marvel movies and everyone's like super into the Marvel movies. And I'm like, we are going to lose followers. This I was episode. like, I just don't get it. And it's like. I don't know. It's like a 12-year-old kid was like, oh, what if one Iron Man got in a fight (laughs) with another Iron Man? And I feel like I was like so disengaged with that when I was a kid that I like, like, first of all, don't have the muscle to be like, is that cool? I don't know. Like, whatever. And also I'm like, and then that kid probably like held me down and tried to pee on me or something. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think it's important to point out to our listeners that Sam is speaking from a place of triggered trauma. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually am not, uh, I don't follow the Mar- Marvel movies. However, I've seen 
a small handful of them at least to follow enough and to go to this last Marvel movie mm-hmm. by accident that everybody was freaking out about. And End I had game. no context. Mm-hmm. I had no context for any of it. I was like, oh, this is the last movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I went in there. I was like, oh, whoops, there's a backstory that I don't get. But it was fine. I enjoyed it anyway. I do think there's something you said about, like, again, nostalgia, the, the type of energy that makes stories like Harry Potter popular, mm-hmm. like the idea of young kids growing up um, or people overcoming adverse, adversity or more, more importantly, people choosing struggle for the sake of saving their friends mm-hmm. like Katniss or her sister. You know, like there's always something to be said about seeing people make the hard decision to fight or whatever mm-hmm. or put on that Iron Man suit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, that that's me trying to save all of our Marvel listeners from <laughs> I mean, abandoning. I like you, you do you, boo. It's just not for me, and that's no, no, okay. no. I could never imagine Sam enjoying a Marvel movie. I saw Black Panther, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, that was a very fun movie. But did I walk out and was like, "Yep, that was a superhero movie"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think it would be. I think it's true. Like Peter and I, your husband and I, are both very big fans of scary movies yeah and the same thing could be said about superhero movies as scary movies is that it's so easy to do both of them poorly yeah and really hard to make a great one yeah i saw the first iron man and i liked it well i and i think that oh my god i love that we're talking about this sorry guys (laughs) we'll bring it back to relationships in a second like i don't know love is compromising (laughs) right (laughs) um it's the same thing with jurassic park movies for me it's it's the excitement it's it's believing it's momentarily believing the fun lie of it you know and i think that's why people get into um comic books or or action movies particularly superhero movies Mm -hmm. um because it's escapism and it's they also reflect things in society you know i i think that marvel did a lot of cool things about race and gender over the years like the og comics and Mm -hmm. stuff yeah um but yeah it's just i just love dinosaurs so much (laughs) I get it. That was I mean, little... like, I love Harry Potter. I love Lord of the Rings. Like, there's all sorts of weird shit that I'm also into. It's just like the Marvel movies and superheroes and dinosaurs don't do it for me. Yeah, they definitely do it for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I can tell. The other day I sent my girlfriend a video of a couple, like a, dino- a Jurassic Park themed proposal, <laughs> a wedding proposal. Oh my God. And I said, now I know what real love is, so <laughs> good luck. Anyway, okay, so now you guys know a little bit more about us and maybe yeah, right. don't like us as much. <laughs> There's like Woody Allen fans out there. Yeah, gross. Uh, Marvel fans that are both like unsubscribing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, if you don't love Marvel, I can't love you. Yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. We're just, we're just not perfect people. <laughs> no, I don't think that a perfect person would love Marvel. I think a perfect person could love Mar- Marvel. Yeah, I know, but I don't think it's a requisite for being a perfect person. Yes, you're right. You're right, you're right Sam. <laughs> I feel attacked. You should be a philosophy major. <laughs> All right. All right. Our first letter comes from Olivia, who is writing from the United States. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Just wanted to start off by saying I love your podcast and y'all's perspectives on all things love and heartbreak. Here's my situation. I met my current ex-girlfriend our first year as we were suit mate, sweet mates and shared a bathroom soup together. Mates. <laughs> suit mates. <laughs> they wore one suit. <laughs> but like at the same time, I mean. 
<laughs> oh, we're so dumb. <laughs> we became fast best friends and loved spending time together and sharing our lives and struggles with one another. November of our first semester, my ex-boyfriend cheated on me and we broke up. My ex-girlfriend was there for me throughout this breakup and was one of the first people I came out as gay to. It was not until February, however, that she confessed she thought she was falling in love with me. This was, in a lot of ways, a truly terrifying thing for her. The more she loved me, the more she felt anxious about her sexuality and the implications. This was the first time she had ever considered in her life that she might not be straight, so it was a huge revelation and very emotional. At the time, we were both pretty immature and swept away by love, so we got together despite her anxiety and her worries over her sexuality. We were slash are definitely in love and have had in so many ways a beautiful relationship because of all of the societal challenges we have overcome and all of the incredible experiences we have shared together. Three months after getting together, we broke up because of her sexuality. Then we got back together and dated for another three months. Then we broke up again because of her sexuality and we're off for three months before getting back together again for three months. We are broken up right now for the same reason. Although she has grown so much and in so many ways with her sexuality, she still struggles to commit to our relationship because of how serious it is and how long-term it could be. We both have discussed waiting or we both have discussed wanting to share a future together way in the future. Basically, we have been off and on for over a year and have broken up three times because of her discomfort with her sexuality. I love her so much, but fear that I am in love with her potential and not who she really is. She is not her anxiety and insecurity, but these cycles of breaking and making up are emotionally abusive, and I feel exhausted exhausted of fighting for our relationship. I don't want to give up on love and walk away from someone I would want to spend the rest of my life with. But I truly do not know what to do. I know we both love each other, and I only want the best for her and for me. Is it time to walk away for good? Do we have a chance? Thank y'all so much. Thank you so much for writing, Olivia. Olivia, yes, thank you so much for writing. I want to first start out by saying uh, that we're sorry you're in this situation. It can be really hard, especially... Mm -hmm. um, with questions of identity and validity and the stress that comes with that. But I kind of want to answer this question and, and, and contribute to a world that I want to see more, which is that I don't want to make extra space for your girlfriend's anxiety about her sexuality. Mm hmm because I want to create a world in which that's not a hard decision for people to make. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not trying to be unsympathetic to her. Obviously, if you've listened to the show, I talk a lot about my own um, sexual journey or identity journey. I just think that you're the one that wrote in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think about Schitt's Creek, that mm -hmm. great Canadian comedy um, with Dan and Eugene Levy. It's so funny. If you haven't seen it, it should be a blind date. Yeah. Um, but there's a gay character on there that has to come out to his parents. And uh, Dan Levy, one of the writers and actors in it, said that they chose to make the scene one of, like, easy acceptance. Mm -hmm. Because we see so many representations of queer people being rejected by their family. We, we see so many representations of what not to do. Mm -hmm. You know, when you come out uh, or or how to respond to people coming out that he just wanted it to be normalized that like it doesn't have to be a thing. Yeah, it is 
sexuality is fluid. Whether mm-hmm. you are the straightest straight who ever straighted or the gayest gay who ever gayed, mm-hmm. sexuality is fluid. Yep. And you you don't know the full scope of your sexuality because you have never met every single physical body on this world. For sure. Yeah. And so in a different world, in the world that I'm going to try to that I'm going to pretend to be a part of today, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say um, your girlfriend has nothing to be ashamed of. Right. And you shouldn't be treated as though you are a costume that she can try on every three months. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's legit. And I think that we can create space uh, for compassion and empathy for what your girlfriend, sorry, ex-girlfriend is going through. Um because we don't live in that Shit's Creek world where right. where no one questions anyone's sexuality or right. why they are the way that they are. Um, and so, you know, I, I have empathy. Like, I understand how hard it is to uh, want to be something that you're not, to try to put on something that you're not. Like, and try love and present, makes it harder. Right? Know? Absolutely. And so, like, you know, I don't think that she is a villain in this story in any way. I just think that you two are at very different places in what you want and what you are capable of providing to each other. Right. And that's the real issue here. Like, no matter where her suffering and her behavior that's hurting you is coming from, at the end of the day, all that matters is, are you getting what you want out of this relationship, what you need out of this relationship, and is it healthy and fulfilling for you? I love that. That's a, that's exactly what I wanted to say, but better, because it's not that I don't have empathy for her. If you listen to past episodes and you know Sam and I's hearts, of course we empathize with this person, incredibly right. so, but... You are the one that wrote in, and I, and I want to sit, I want to point out to you how obvious it is to Sam and I that you're not getting what you deserve, no, right? Absolutely not, and no villainization to your ex at all. Um, I love is complicated. Period. Mm-hmm. Sexuality aside, you know, adding that, adding shame, adding stigma, yada yada. Yep. But I want to say I want to challenge something else too, uh, Olivia, and say that if. You said you you don't want to give up on love, but you feel like you. You're getting drained by this process. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, like, what if you're giving up on love by not looking for for the love that's out there? Right. Right. Like, it sounds like you're giving up on the potential of love and settling for this um, seasonal love. Right. Yeah. Seasons of. (laughs) Wow. You went there. Seasonal, like, you know, like a ski lift. Uh Right. You know, like we're open for the season. We're closed for the season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And. I just want to say you're you're not giving up on love by saying this isn't enough. For sure. This is true for anybody out there for anybody reason. Yep. For any reason. You're not giving up on love by saying I, I need more. You know? No, you're absolutely You're saying not. I believe in a better, more whole love than yep. what I'm getting right now. I believe that the universe is full of love that will provide me Abundance. what I need. Abundance. Right? As opposed to looking at this person who is who is not giving you what you need, who is not abundant, who is causing you pain and harm, right? Like saying that that's not, that is not love for me is not giving up on love. Yeah. It is saying that that is not love, right? Yeah. Also, I started out by being like, I'm not going to talk about your ex and now <laughs> let me go back to her journey. I, I just want to say like that journey is hard and and complicated and there's so much tension there because there's love and joy and there's also shame and stigma. Right. But what I want to highlight, Olivia, is that it's not your journey. Exactly. And you might want to help 
You might want to alleviate. You might want to love and love and love and love. But you don't know how long that this journey is going to last. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's your life at the end of the day. For sure. Uh, I, I'm not saying just break up. But I no, sort of am. am. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am because I'm saying you can't. How about this? Let's take the question of sexuality out of it, right? Because yep. I think that makes me want to tiptoe a little bit more or, or whatever. <clears throat> Let's. This is a genderless relationship and um, there's no societal stigmas or, or history attached to it. Olivia, this person has shown you what you can expect from them. Exactly. Repeatedly. Yep. Actually, very consistently. If this was a scientific uh, experiment, it would be very consistent and stable. Yeah, very predictable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you can ask yourself whether she is on a journey or not. What do what can I expect from my partner and what do I actually deserve slash want? For sure. Yeah. And I think um, I think that it can be really easy to get distracted by the future that we talk about. Right. Like you talked about how you were like talking about, you know, wanting to be together for the long term. But like that's like me saying I really want to go to the moon and then not doing any work to actually like get there. Yep. 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 <laughs> right? Yep. Like, yep. I want to go to the moon, but I'm not going to. Talk to NASA. I'm right. not going to like put on my space suit. I'm not going to do all of the things. And so like I can promise like, hey, we're going to go to the moon. I'm going to go to the moon. I'm going to be there. But like without actually doing anything to get there doesn't mean that the moon is any more close. Right. So like the fact that you've had these conversations about wanting a future and the fact that you see a re- like a future with her doesn't matter if both of you aren't willing to show up and do the work to get to that goal right it's yep. goal setting 101 you can make a goal but if you're not going to work towards it then it's not actually going to happen you don't harvest the fruit the day you plant the seed mm-hmm. yeah yeah you have to you have to spend time together and be willing to put in the effort and it seems like even though you are she is not and so you know don't get distracted by the things that it could be or the promises that were made you have to look at the reality of the here and now, and she's not willing to show up and be able to put this the work into reaching that goal with you. Yeah. And you're nothing to be ashamed of. No. Her sexuality is nothing to be ashamed of. Yep. You don't deserve to be hidden. You don't do, deserve to be turned on, on and off again like mm-hmm. a lamp. Yep. You're a person who deserves a whole, long-lasting, present relationship. Absolutely. We hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate 
negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Our next letter is from Noel Diego, who's writing to us from personal hell. Oh, wow. I know. All right. uh, Quick trigger warning for um, a miscarriage. Hello. My six-year-old relationship has ended as of April of this year. To say that I'm handling it poorly is an understatement. We share a beautiful son together, which I feel makes this even more difficult. A little background. Insecurity started to overwhelm our relationship when agreements made started to fall apart. He would say one thing, and when it came to do the said thing, he would change his mind and return a comment like, quote, I don't want to, and you're going to have to deal with that. I wasn't working, and he was providing the home and money, so I felt small and continued to feel small. This manifested to cheating speculations. I felt like everything didn't add up. And I came to this conclusion because he, if he could lie or not stick to his word about these other things, then, of course, he could when, it comes, when he comes home later than he said he would or he is acting off. This insecurity turned into an obsession where I would check our security system and record almost every FaceTime conversation. Yeah, I went there. I knew I was falling apart. We would seek counseling and I would say things like, please, if there's anyone else or if you're not interested anymore, tell me. And every time he would emphatically say, no, I love you and you are all I want. 
There was some tinge of doubt because my gut would not let me let go. Things just didn't add up the way they used to. It came to a head when I was pregnant, became pregnant in March. We were unsure of the pregnancy and decided to terminate it, but I actually ended up miscarrying. And that following week had an accident where the miscarriage literally seeped through my clothing and sent me to the emergency room. He didn't check on me that night. I was staying at my parents and he actually stayed at work late. He works at a gym and I was convinced he met someone. I knew the exact person too. move forward two days and we have a ridiculous fight. Not any different than the ones before. And he took this opportunity to break up, not just any breakup, but quote, I'm done with you. This is your fault. Never, ever again. Break up. The following days, he was so cold and cruel and wouldn't take any of my calls and tell me to and told me to, quote, move on because we were never going to be together again. Mind you, this was April 26th to the 28th. And less than a week prior, I have the sweetest messages professing love. So it felt like I was hit by a semi truck. A week later, he was especially rude and I was especially hurting and wanted to return his key. So I asked if he had company and he said no. But when I got there and opened the door, I walked in on him and the girl in question. They had obviously put on their clothes quickly, seeing as though he was holding his shorts and her hair looked like it hadn't seen a brush in a year. Present tense, it has been less than two months and they seem closer than ever, literally confirming my suspicions that this began before he was man enough to end things with me. I feel broken, replaced, and used. I feel like all of my efforts, especially towards the end, would get manipulated to make me seem crazy. I believe he did this because he already knew he wanted to pursue this other person. I can't seem to get over the hurt and dealing with my part in it. I know I was incessant before with the questions and accusations, and I'm responsible for a great deal of our demise. I am accepting that. Still, I really tried, and maybe it was too late. My family will never be whole. I will never be his fiance again. He seems to have moved on so seamlessly, which makes me feel like the last six years meant nothing. I can't go a day without looking at his social media, wondering if today will be the day he posts a picture of them together with some caption like, "This I've never been happier, and my insignificance is just confirmed. Please help me. I'm falling apart. I hate being this person. I know I am good. I know I made mistakes, but I've begun the head and heart work to heal, and I know I can make it. I know I can make a home for my son and I without him. I just never wanted to. Please, please, please help me. Mm. What do I do now? <clears throat> oh, Noel, thank you so much for writing. Thank you for your honesty and, and uh, reaching out in such a terrible, painful time. Absolutely. Um, Sam and I are going to give you a big virtual hug um, f- from far away. And we're also going to give you some tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly we want to know, want you to know that... Um, we see you, we, we hold you in this space and we know how hard, hard, hard it is to have a relationship fall apart. Um, Mm -hmm. especially when it feels like you, um, saw it coming Mm -hmm. and, and also did everything you could to make it stop. And also like when, when those like kind of obsessions or compulsions, when our attachment styles come out, Mm -hmm. that can feel like you're not necessarily in control of your actions. And so... It's it's a very complicated time to be to have an anxious attachment style to separate and then try to control your reactions because yeah. your whole body your whole subconscious is just screaming at you to like figure it out to find out the truth or to find out you know mm-hmm. I, it's just such fertile ground for obsession and and unhealthy uh, cycles of thought for sure that I have definitely been in Noel so I just want to extend my love to you for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think we want to start off by saying something a little tough, but it's kind of the foundation of all of our advice moving forward, or at least for me. The really hard piece of all of this, other than losing your relationship, is that you may never know if he cheated on you. Right. You will you you might never get the satisfaction of knowing that. Right. A- in either direction. Because mm-hmm. right now, from what we know, we don't know if he cheated on you. You had, a, you had a feeling that you became kind of like cyclically um, paranoid about, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But... In these year, in these months following, in in this in this next year of recovery and healing, you will not find any more healing in figuring that out. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's what we want to challenge you, Noel, is that even though um, it may feel like you need to know this thing, that you need to know if he was cheating, and you need to know that you were somehow in the right in this in this relationship, and that. Uh, he was an asshole who did an awful thing to you. Um, that's not actually where healing comes from. And at the end of the day, whether or not he cheated doesn't matter to your growth and to the way in which you can move towards that head and heart work that you're talking about. And it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter to your breakup. Mm-hmm. You broke up. Yep. And you can't take any of that back. For sure. And, and that's that's painful, but it real. Is. And it's so normal in relation in breakups to like want to look back and be like where like help me pinpoint exactly where things went wrong that led up to this moment that has caused me so much pain so that i can make sure that it never happens again and so that i feel like i can fully understand it and then begin the work and the reality is is that life is messy relationships are messy people are messy there's no black and white reason why something happened and i think you might be looking for this evidence of cheating to say that was the thing that broke this relationship up when there it seems like there were probably other things that were creating a foundation that wasn't strong enough to yeah. hold the relationship up yeah. right and so moving away from that um that fixation on black and white and this and this um <clears throat> is actually how you begin the healing process. Right. <laughs> instead of fixating on that, instead fixate on what do I need right now? What am I feeling right now? Right. What do I need to do in order to move, understand these feelings, process through them, feel them authentically, and then move towards what my goal is? Right. I want to like uh, cut away from the letter for a second and just talk to you, Sam, about this pattern that I think a lot of people will relate to of getting obsessed over the cheating idea. Yeah. Um, and I, so this is for you, Noel, but also like more broad scope, uh, approach to it, because I don't know if this perfectly applies to your situation or not, but I do know a lot of people in my personal life, in my history, um, in our letters, people get, um, obsessed with trying to find out if their partner is cheating. Mm -hmm. And I have seen that play out in a couple different ways. Uh, one, you catch them cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Two, uh-huh. you don't catch them cheating, but have not allowed yourself the opportunity to put those feelings of fear and, and jealousy and insecurity to bed. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
if you don't catch them cheating, it's like, I, how do you teach yourself to stop looking for evidence of cheating? Yep. I, I think that's what I want to get to is that. I, and I don't know what you know now, Noel. I don't know what happened. I don't know the, the actual details, but it does sound like you have some level of regret of how incessant you were about trying to find the proof. Yep. And I feel complicated. I feel a little like torn saying this because I also know like, dang, we have intuition. We know something's off, so, you sure. know, whatever. Yep. But also, Noel, in your letter, you say he looked at you and said... In couples counseling, I just don't know. I don't know what the situation was. But Mm -hmm. to you, Sam, and and to the general public, like, how do you, when you are looking for cheating and you don't find it, Mm -hmm. what are the tools and head and heart work we can do mid-relationship to stop that behavior? Because I feel like if I pull out, if if I look at relationships more pragmatically, it's like you can either trust that your partner's not cheating on you. Um, trust them to not do that one thing that we're afraid of or if you don't trust them you break up Mm -hmm. because the middle ground the middle ground is is a place of anxiety Mm -hmm. of obsessive fear of constantly looking and waiting for the next shoe to drop for sure and that is i know you guys know what i'm talking about out there because when you're when you don't feel stable in a relationship and you keep looking for that that hairline crack, yeah. you know, um, it can get really scary, mm-hmm. especially when you find the tiniest, tiniest glimpse of proof. Like, yeah, oh my sure. god, he didn't want to have sex with me. Oh my god, uh, I found a text message between these two. It looks innocent, but it's also really friendly. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that, and that type of why I wanted to pull this particularly out of the letter, I don't know how much this applies to Noel, but I just know that's such a common experience and it's an experience in which we, we, one, not, we don't always feel in control of our reactions and two, we aren't always proud of them. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that's where we lose some of our grace. Yep. And I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I think that's right. I think it's hard it's hard to be in that in-between space that you were talking about because like so often when it comes to this, like you can only be proven right. 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 Like, especially if you're, oh in, you're in that mindset of <gasps> That's like, so true. I think, you know, I think they're cheating. I think they're cheating. Here's like some of ev- some evidence that might point to it. And it's like, we are, we are so unable to be proven wrong in that because like, all the multitude of evidence that may exist that says like, no, nope, they're coming home at the, right. the same time every night. Or like that text message was friendly, but not in any way in, like flirty. Right. Um, <clears throat> like we can't see that. All we can see are the things that are trying to prove the hypothesis that they are right, cheating. Right, to work. And it's really hard to get out of that mindset once you are looking for that evidence because because you can only be proven right. You can't right. be proven wrong. I wonder, I, yeah, I'm, I just wonder what, like, the actual tangible tools we can employ are when that's happening. Well, I think often this, so, you know, it is because people cheat, for sure. Right. Like, there may actually yeah, be instances. Yeah, this paranoia is right. because we've been often proven right. <laughs> right, exactly. Proved right, I mean. But it also is a question of, okay, so what, if I am feeling this way, what in what in this relationship is not working right like what is this a product of right is it that i um don't feel sexy right is it that uh they're working too much is it that we're not actually communicating that well uh is it that they are um that i am feeling guilty about something and and if i feel guilty then my partner's probably feeling guilty about something too right like 
So often that is actually a product of us being like insecure in our relationship so much that it leads to this insecurity, like this coming out and this fixation on, on cheating. Um, so it is, it's hard, but like it, it's one of those things where it's like a, a symptom, I think of, of a relationship that's unhealthy rather than an actual, like that person is cheating on you. Right. I totally agree. And also, but also like they I might know. be cheating. We don't know what we're talking <laughs> People about. People are cheaters. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> Yeah. I just, I wanted to talk about that because I just, I have felt so disempowered by myself in yep. those times past. Like, mm-hmm. like that's where you taught me the black, black, black method is when I couldn't stop looking at the, this profile looking for something that I didn't want to find in the first place. Right. Exactly. You know, um, yeah, I just think that that's it's just so funny how we we can really betray ourselves sometimes or we can really be rooting for our demise. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> even even if the demise isn't at our own hands, our subconscious is looking for it. Yep. Um and Noel, my darling, back to you. Mm-hmm. Um this is no shame um about your behavior. It's obvious that you feel accountable to it. It's obvious that you feel a level of um regret mm-hmm. and reflection and also like girl, me too. Oh, absolutely. I have I have looked I have I have looked at phones before. <laughs> You know uh, what I mean? I have looked at my for sure uh, partner's text text before, and I feel bad about that. And also, Noel, like but I technically, appreciate... I got him cheating twice. <laughs> yeah, right. See, and here's the thing: it's it's much easier to trust trust for other people. And honestly, in my new relationship, <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I in the beginning, it was like, do I want to look at my girlfriend's phone? And the answer was a resounding yes. <laughs> It was like every single side of my personality was like, do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody's trustworthy. And I just had to, I, my, my healthy voice, my mm-hmm. healthy head had to be louder than all the other voices, you know? Yeah, yep. Yeah, and so you're I had to be gonna... stern with myself. I had to be like, no, you're not going to do that because you're going to build something stronger than that. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that is... It's great. It's also really challenging yeah. to, as well. Yeah. And I anyway, think like trusting your, like there's also good things in trusting your gut too, yeah. right? Like I our know, intuition so is so often right. Um, but like we've talked about before, it is easier to trust trustworthy people. And right? I think why we're talking about this too is is because everyone out there who has a similar experience as Noel or as what I, I have been detailing knows how that behavior when incorrect can can push people away for sure and i'm i i do not ever want to imply like any sort of rhetoric that is close to oh this woman's just being crazy no absolutely you know not. um that is the antithesis of what i am trying to say here i'm more trying to empower people to sort of <laughs> stop drop and roll when your subconscious desires are to burn everything to the ground <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah legit Anyway, Noel, my darling. Um, and we... we're going to get so many messages from people who are like, no, if you have a feeling, then he is cheating. And like yeah. so many people have been like, you're right. He yeah. wasn't cheating. And it's just going to be like, I feel like there's no way to win when it no, talk, when we talk about like this kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah. So that is all to say, Noel. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't know what we're talking about. Uh, sorry for that little tangent. Um I'm going to, the rest of our advice is going to be very forward thinking because the reality is we can 
you can choose to look back and look back and question and look back and look for understanding and healing and clarity mm-hmm. in the past. You can always look back or you can choose to look forward. You can do either of those things. And Absolutely. let me tell you, Noel, my darling, both are going to be painful. For sure. Looking back is painful. Looking forward is painful. Both are painful, but only one direction takes you somewhere new. Mm-hmm. So do you want to stay here or do you want to go somewhere new? Right. Um, I also want to jump on um, two little things that I want to give you some loving pushback on in Mm -hmm. your letter. One, you said we're never going to be a whole family again. And I know where that comes from. I know where that type of hurt comes from, that Mm -hmm. paranoia, that that sadness. It's grief. Yep. You're grieving what you thought you had. For sure. Or what you had for six years. Yeah. Um, But there are so many different ways to have a family. And as a child of divorce, uh, I just need you to know that the most important thing to have a quote unquote whole family is to have two happy, healthy, whole parents Hmm. in whatever in whatever iteration that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or one. I was just going to say an addendum to that. (laughs) But I I, that statement was directed specifically at two couples that are uh, uh, I mean, excuse me, two parents that are breaking up. Got it. Right. Okay. But that is also um, let's extend that to single parent households or single parent um, parenting situations. Um, All you need uh, to have a quote unquote whole family is to have people who love you in a healthy whole way. How about that? Mm -hmm. Better. That's great. Um, and the second thing I want to push back on is one of your last sentences. You you took the time out of your day in your letter to write us about a hypothetical Instagram picture that you might see one day mm-hmm. and that you're continually checking his Instagram for. Yep. It is that is the extension of the self-harm you performed in your relationship when you were constantly recording your FaceTime uh, message uh, conversations or checking yeah. security. Yep. Now you are checking, you are looking for that pain. You are looking for the affirmation that he does not want you. Yep. And let me tell you two things. One, that fa- that Instagram post doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Uh-huh. You are, you are <laughs> fearing and creating all of this anxiety for this thing that doesn't exist yet. Right. And I just want to point that out. It's not real. It's not real. You're giving your power to a thing that's not real. For sure. Yep. And the second thing I want to say is you will find no happiness there. No, you won't. And so from this day on, no matter how hard it is, no, no matter how much you want to itch that itch, I want you to know that every time you click on his profile, I want you to say to yourself, I'm choosing to hurt myself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's like, I, I, have those, like I, <laughs> no, I have those timers on my phone so that I can't access Instagram for more than 15 minutes a day. And every time it's like, you've ex- you've overextended your limit. Do you want to like actually access this app? I think to myself, like, you are the only one who makes this choice. Yeah. No one is forcing you to try and limit, limit your Instagram and, no, and you are betraying no one but yourself. <laughs> no, well... <laughs> I promise you we're going to be really loving in about 30 seconds because we can see how torn you are about this, how hurt, what a great betrayal of the universe this was. And our whole hearts go out to your hurting heart. Um, But I just want to remind you that even though this hurts, even though you feel out of control, you are an active participant and agent of change in your life. And you can choose to click on that profile. 
you can choose to see that yep. picture that doesn't exist yet, mm-hmm. or you can choose something different, something right. healthier, something safer and kinder to yourself. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Noelle, you are not insignificant. It doesn't matter not. how well you are not defined by the people who can and cannot love you. You are not defined by the success of your relationship, by the sex, the sex, (laughs) by the success of your um, parenting partner. Mm -hmm. You know, you are don't do yourself the disservice of defining yourself by one human being. Absolutely. You are so much more um, than this one relationship. And I know I know you're in the weeds right now. Mm -hmm. I know you're hurting. I know that hurt begets hurt that you just want to cause more um, and you want clarity, but just know that you're not alone, that you're not insignificant mm-hmm. um, and that this will get better with time. I promise. Absolutely. And I, I know you said at the end of the letter, like I just don't want to have to do this. And I absolutely mm-hmm. 100% know that feeling mm-hmm. of like, Oh shit, I have to do this. And I really, really don't want to. Mm-hmm. And I know how daunting it can be to like look forward and say like, man, there's a lot of work that I'm going to need to do in order to get to a place where I feel happy and healthy and whole again. Um, but taking it day by day, taking it moment by moment, focusing on where the, th- the things that bring you joy are uh, is going to help you. And it looks really daunting right now, but every day you're just going to wake up and you're going to be like, okay. I have to do this, but what are the things that are bringing me strength? What are the things that are bringing me joy? And how can I find more of those and keep more of those with me? I love that phrase. I have to do this. So am I going to do it the hurtful way right? or the healthy way? Absolutely. But I know, Noelle, that you are strong enough to get through this. And I want you to know that Sierra and I are here for you, that we are thinking about you, that we are sending all of the love and positivity that we can, because we know that you can do this, but we want to give you just a little bit of positive energy too. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing, Noel. We love you. Thank you. All right. Our last letter comes from Lindsay, who is writing from The Void. Dear Sierra and Sam, first of all, I am loving making my way through your podcast. I appreciate the care with which you read, contemplate, and address people's questions. The empathy you share with and the sympathy you have for everyone is so apparent, and it is incredibly heartwarming and hope-inspiring. I also feel like I share a lot of feelings and opinions with you both, and I appreciate the sense of community and belonging it has brought to me, as I'm sure it has with many others. Thank you, Lindsay. I am 33 years old and a straight female. I have had one really wonderful relationship in my life that was a marriage, but we got married too young and didn't have the tools to care for each other and ourselves as we started to grow and change. Before and after that relationship, I have been in numerous relationships, all with varying levels of toxicity from both me and my partners. I've experienced a fair amount of heartbreak and trauma, but I've also spent a fair amount of time in therapy and with myself working to understand who I am, what I want, and how I want to be the type or and how to be the type of person that I want to be. At the tender age of 33, <laughs> I have concluded that while marriage and children aren't deal breaker goals of mine, I do want a partnership with somebody. I want a monogamous relationship with one person whom I share daily trials and tribulations with. While I want both of us to be independent and strong in our own lives, I want to live with someone and build a life together. I want a partner that I can rely on both to support me in my triumphs and tell me when I am less than awesome and help me navigate my missteps. 
I am finally in a fantastic relationship with a man I adore. He is self-sufficient, intelligent, hilarious, and kind. He loves me and is incredibly affectionate and caring. We are both able to be honest with each other, and I have less fear about having difficult conversations with ha- with him than I have with any other partner. Our sexual or our chemistry is great, and we have amazing sex. Woo woo! <laughs> We've introduced each other to our respective families. We have traveled internationally together. Love going out and experiencing new things, but are also super comfortable holding up at each other's apartments for a few days. At this point, I'm sure you're like, okay, great, but what the heck are you writing to us about? <laughs> All that bragging was to demonstrate that this is a mature, intense, and deep love that I am invested in, and I've been through enough BS to not take it for granted. Mm. Here's the catch. Because of his past relationship trauma and baggage, any talk of the future causes him intense anxiety. He is a person who needs a significant amount of alone time. He has often late canceled plans with me because he gets overwhelmed and just wants to be alone. He does this with his friends as well. There have been times when I have absolutely not wanted to be alone, and his needs have superseded mine because I know that he needs or he wants to be alone, and I don't want to make him hang out with me if he doesn't want to be there. He is afraid that if we see each other too much, at this point we have seen each other, we see each other one to two times a week, he will feel smothered and lose interest in the relationship. He also has said that he doesn't know if he can ever see himself living with somebody again. In his last relationship, his ex broke up with him, but then lived with him for three months after the fact before she moved out of state. After all this, he offers the caveat that this relationship isn't a one-way street, we can always keep talking about things, and his feelings about all of this might change in the future. So here's my question. The second that I decide what I want for my life, an amazing man walks into it and challenges it. Do I just break up with him because even though our relationship is great, there is a large aspect of it that doesn't fit into what I see for myself? Or do I love him with all of his baggage and let him love me with mine and continue to work towards meeting in the middle of both of our ideas for our future? Our love is sincere and good, and I feel more comfortable than I ever have in a relationship. I hate the idea of living my life without him now, but I don't want to end up five years down the line in the same place that we are right now. Am I, am I still completely naive? Will I ever get this right? Thank you for just taking the time to read this letter. I haven't made it all the way up to the current episode. So if you're already answered, if you've already answered a question like this, awesome. I can't wait to listen. If you do decide to read this letter, please, for the love, feel free to edit my ramblings. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we did it all. We didn't edit it. Not a single word. (laughs) Uh, Lindsay, I love this letter and I'm so happy for you. Um, in that you have, you know, found a, a, a person that you love and that you, uh, feel good with and are having great sex with. Yeah. boners. Uh, that's fantastic <laughs> that you have that opportunity to be able to, to share that with someone in your, in your life. Yeah. And you ask us like, am I ever going to get it right? Like, well, first of all, none of us are. Yeah, first of all, like, so no. let me know when you do and give me some advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The answer is no. You're never going to get it right because life is a perpetual uh, series of making decisions and the yeah. reactions after uh-huh. them. Yep. Not right or wrong, but like, wow, that decision had this profound impact on my life. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good or bad. Uh-huh. Um, Lindsay, yeah. I think this is a really interesting letter because I'm not sure what to say yet. Absolutely. Do you know yeah. what to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, when we when we picked this letter, I was like I I think we were drawn to it because it is so complicated to answer because there are so many different things yeah. in it and it there is no clear like well just dump him already like right, are right, you right. fucking kidding me? <laughs> um 
But it is actually like, wow, yeah, this is what life is like to be presented with these types of dilemmas that have no clear right or wrong, yes or no, which way should I move? And like, we just want to sit with you in that and like feel that with you and be like, yeah, relationships are really hard and there are no, there's no clear way to do them in like the right way. And that's actually like, there's something beautiful about that too. I think so too. I I think there's something particularly nuanced about the situation that is I'm X needs more, Mm -hmm. but Y is scared of being asked for too much. Mm -hmm. Right. So then, um, X, the the X person is then struggling with setting up their own personal boundaries, asking for what they need yep. without asking for too much or doing. It's like it's like trying to I don't know if you've ever tried to like uh, catch a animal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like a domesticated animal on the street who yeah. has run away like like I, a cat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. I'll be driving along. Like, like a squirrel or like a horse. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. You kind of kind of like you can't move too fast. You don't want to like you don't want to scare them. Yeah. Um, and you have to like convince them that you're trustworthy mm-hmm. um, in order for them to be scooped up by your loving arms. But Lindsay, your boyfriend is not a kitten. No. He's a grown man. He is an adult. <laughs> right. And while I do really actually respect his ability to ask for what he needs. His mm-hmm. boundaries sound really clear. And you two sound like you have an amazing um, foundation of communication about these very particular sure. tr- uh, triggerable yep. boundaries. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you are allowed to, at the very least, have a conversation about where your relationship is going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I don't even want to... Sh- I. I I don't want to make a big long story short. I'm rooting for your relationship. (laughs) I think it's a good one. It sounds awesome. And you sound so charming and happy and, and really, I think I, I, I got a little choked up reading it because Mm -hmm. um, it is true when you, when you've been through the ringer and you've got something good, it's like, I, I appreciate this so much more because of the dumpster fires I've dated in the past. For sure. Yep. I, so I'm going to answer this in a pro-staying-together way, which technically is how I answer all of them. S- not. <laughs> right? I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, like, pro pro the life of the writer. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, Lindsay, I think uh, there has to be a way for you to have a conversation that at least alleviates some of this anxiety they're having. Enough anxiety, I might add, in which you rate write a page and a half letter to two strangers to be like, am I setting myself up for failure? Yep. And so that's what you can say to him. Um, sweetie, I love you. I love our relationship. I love our boundaries. And use those words because you need to acknowledge to your boyfriend that you understand all of the intricate navigation that you guys have to do mm-hmm. to um, have a healthy relationship between the two of you. Yep. But but what if you said, I've been having some anxiety lately, parentheses, all anxiety is slightly irrational, so please help me through this, <laughs> about our future. And I don't need more from you. I just kind of need to know we're on the same train. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to leave me in a couple stops, right. essentially. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think it's, it's hard because <sighs> I feel like he is... You know, How long have they been together? I don't think it said. 
Okay. But I do think he's like, he is saying like, I'm on board with this. Like I'm, I'm on board with the relationship. Like I want to keep moving forward. It's just that like what that relationship is going to look like is different than what Lindsay wants. And I think, and so I think that's really hard. And I have to say like, honestly, Lindsay, like you have to believe him when he would, like what he's saying to you. You have taught me that. Right? I think that's one of your best pieces of repeated advice on this podcast is you believe what people are saying to you yep. when they're trustworthy. Yeah. You know? And he seems very trustworthy. Right. <laughs> but like he says he doesn't think that he wants to move in with someone in mm-hmm. the future. Right. And that's a really big goal for you. So like even though there's this possibility for change to happen, you have to also understand that like he is being honest with you and saying that his vision for this relationship is different than your vision. Right. And how can you reconcile that right, right now? And so then the question is, is like, um, if if his vision comes to pass, are, is that enough for you? Yes. Yes. And I also want to add, um, you had you had one tiny little baby sentence in your letter that has a ton of weight for me in which mm-hmm. you say, when I struggle with anxiety, sometimes I feel like I want him to be with me, but I don't ask him to because I don't want to disrespect his need for alone time. Yep. And let me just say out the gates, off the bat, <laughs> that if you don't start advocating for your needs now, it's never going to get easier later in the relationship. For sure. Yep. And and guess what? Like you might experience some conflict to, to anybody out there asking for what you need when you haven't normally asked for that. Mm-hmm. It, you might get some pushback. But if you calmly and with compassion say, hey, I respect when you need to be alone. I respect when you need me or want me around. Can you do this for me? I, I love you. And I, I just need you to reciprocate this respect for me. For sure. I don't need much more than you to come and sit near me. Yep. For sure. And, you know, um, you know, people can't be everything to all people. Right. So, like, if you have a friend that can help you with the anxiety, like, that's great. But you've also made it very clear to us that you want your partner to be that person for right. you. And so if he's not able to do that, are you OK with that? Yeah. Right. Like, and that's what you have to continue to ask yourself. It's like, you know, you set it up pretty clearly. Like, I want to be with someone in a partnership. I want to live with them. I want them to be the person that I come back to for support emotionally and yeah. mentally. And if he's not able to do that, no matter how great he is, and he sounds like a really great guy, you have to ask yourself, am I okay with compromising on those values that I have set out? Yeah. And it's hard to find someone who's so amazing and perfect and to also be like, but they're not perfect for me. Yeah. I also want to say, maybe Sam will disagree. Like, even if you... Th- even if at the end of the day you're like, okay, so we have different future goals. I'm happy right now. Like, I would be okay with you staying with this in this relationship. Same. Like, we're allowed to date people um, in seasons. Yeah. As long as you are comfortable with the fact that his season might ever might never align with yours. For sure. And if you are if you are comfortable saying like, I just I'm happy to see where this continues to go. But ultimately. Yep. Yeah, so you just have to prepare yourself for that later down the line. Yes. Not that you're doomed at all. I don't think so. I this It could it, he absolutely could change. If for I sure. like lick my finger and put it up to the wind, I'm like, "Oh, it feels like the tides are changing and this relationship's <laughs> going to last." But for what sure. the fuck do I know? But, you know, it my other question for you is is like, is he working on the trauma that he's been through? Yes. Like is he taking the steps to like go to therapy and talk about this toxic relationship with his girlfriend that stayed in his house for 3 months after he broke up with her? Like 
because if that's not happening, then that means that like he's never going to be at that point yeah. where he's going to be able to welcome someone else into his life. I think you could easily say, Lindsay, sweetie, I'm not so and so, and we can we are different adults now, and we can put in different um, boundaries and like security steps to make sure that if we do separate one day, yep. that will never happen to us. But I need you to not treat me like I am a trauma from your past because mm. I'm not. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm your present and potentially your future. Yep. I want to say, I want to ask Sam really quickly, like, how do you feel about like tiptoe conversations? Like I do feel, I feel torn because we get a lot of letters that's like, oh, I don't want to push my boyfriend away or I don't want to um, like freak out my anxiety ridden girlfriend or I don't want to ask too much mm-hmm. or whatever. And and then on the flip side, like, w- well, first, all those letters, like the little angry person in me is like, just ask for what you need. Take up space. Right. We see this so much. Yep. But on the flip side, also the compassionate communicator in me just knows because humans are so complicated and so nuanced that sometimes you do have to be incredibly strategic about how you say things so that people hear them in the way that you want them to hear them. Exactly. So, but then I get torn because I'm like, don't tiptoe around your grown man boyfriend's feelings. I don't think it's tiptoeing. I think it's about being effective in your communication. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, so it's like a very compassionate, slight to form of manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> But you can't feed steak to a baby, right? Like you have to talk to someone. You have to present them oh my with God, food. Did you make that up? Did you make no. that up? <laughs> I did not. I, why have I never heard of it? Is it a Midwest phrase? It might be. I don't know. Can't feed steak to a baby, but it's a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Emotionally, he might be baby like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so like you do have to. You have to talk to people in a way that they can hear you. Right. And not, And I was joking before when I said like a slight compassionate form of manipulation. But, <laughs> but what I really mean is communication is confusing. People are uh, every person is 100 percent different from you and they perceive reality in a 100 percent unique way from you. Mm-hmm. And so if you know that he has a trigger here and there, then maybe you can be more compassionate about h- how you unfold this or yep. or or I think about affirmation sandwiches throw back mm-hmm. to like. The 10th episode of our show, can you say, I love you. I love the way we interact. I love how much independence we have. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in having a little bit more security when it comes to our relationship in the line of knowing that we could move together one day. However, I know that you have trauma around this and I'm not that person and I would never treat you the way she treated you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's got to be a way to have this conversation. Uh, yeah, totally. And I like even in relationship that I've, you know, I've been with Peter for five years, I still have to think about like, how can I say this mm-hmm. difficult thing in a way that is not going to hurt him when I don't mean to hurt him, but also like get my point across. Totally. And it's like, honey, you know, I know that you didn't intend to do this, but here's how it felt for me. And right. I'm so sorry. Like, and I, and I just want you to know that because I'm hurting and I know that you're really sorry about it, but I, you know, need to make that clear. So like, again, how can you say that in a way that's like, I know that this is big for you, but here's my goals. Yeah, and I if say, I put can't put yourself in it, right? Like yeah. make sure you're in the the very kind affirmation sandwich conversation. For sure. Like, like yeah, said. like here, here are my goals for this relationship or like, here's what I really want out of a relationship. Not now, maybe, but yeah. down the line. Yeah. If we can't get to a point where we can agree on some of that, then I don't know that if this is the relationship yeah, for me. Yeah, I agree. I right? totally agree. And that's not an ultimatum. 
it is asking for what you want and need out of the relationship. I totally agree. And we know you're capable of doing that, Lindsay. We do. Yep. And we love you for writing. Thank you so much. All right. That wraps up this episode. It brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we want to shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with... Another book. Ooh, books. It's called Pachinko (laughs) by Min Jin Lee. Uh, It was the winner of the National Book Award um, two years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's about a... um, like three generations of a Korean family during the ac- occupation oh, of yeah. Korea um, by Japan. So mm-hmm. like pre-World War II and then sort of beyond that into mm-hmm. the 60s and 70s. Um, and I was just blown away by the beauty with which she writes um, and tells this really uh, engaging and authentic story about this family. Uh, this sort of generations of of two women and then their grandson. Mm-hmm. Um and just like the perspective that it brought to me as someone who hasn't studied a lot about Korea mm. and hasn't really under like doesn't really have a wide base of knowledge about the experiences and history of the Korean people um, to be able to like get that perspective as well as be able to read a really engaging and emotionally rich story was really fantastic. So um, the book is called Pachinko uh, by Min Jin Lee. Perfect. Awesome. Sounds great. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can also slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our new merchandise, a Hondo Percento. Hondo Percento. Yes, he said it, guys. <laughs> Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. And also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you give us $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's $5 a month for a weekly episode. This really helps us keep the lights on, and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember... Your heart is allowed to open itself up to new possibilities. You are capable of trusting again. You are capable of being vulnerable with another person again. You are currently attracting healthy and positive relationships in your life because you are choosing this uncomfortable head and heart work. And that struggle that once defined you for so long is just a small piece of your story. Trust the process. Know your worth and value and keep healing more and more every day. And if all else fails, just break up.